Welcome to the Beebody Marketplace, where we treat, support, and invigorate our human bodies. Today we have a special guest. She goes by the name of Ava Laura. She happens to be a celebrity life coach and intuitive consultant. Among many things, Ava is a black woman. And as we know, black women are the truth. And today we're going to share with you the power that truth holds when you live it. <laughs> like, okay. Um. We are just here to learn you, Ava. Uh, you asked me the question, what inspired me to reach out to you? Um, as soon as I saw your picture without words, I was drawn to your light. Um, and I knew that the healing that you offer is immaculate because you're a black woman and anytime black women realize their gifts and actually use mm -hmm. them, that is a force to be reckoned mm -hmm. with. And we want to <laughs> introduce that to the world and let them know that a yep. sister's out here doing the work. Absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. And so you have... A number of things going on even now always <laughs> what are you working on these days uh, well this month actually actually I just um, last week was the celebration um, but my 15 year anniversary uh, business in business so um, that is this month so that has been huge um, and just, you know, really, really blessed for that, um, to, I mean, to be 15 years in, um, my soul healers mastermind is probably the big thing that I'm working on now is really having a mastermind space for other healers, mental health professionals, social workers, um, you know, service-based businesses who know they were born to heal, um, but they have no idea how to really run a business. Um, and so providing a space for that, teaching that, also creating a community for that. So that's a big thing that I'm doing now. And then always doing my Reiki training, speakings, of course, my clients. So, but yeah, but celebrating that 15 years and working on the mastermind, those are the two, two big things now. Amazing. Congratulations on your 15 years. Thank you. Ongoing prosperity and success. Thank you. That is a blessing. Well, that's, that's why you're here. I mean, the marketplace, we pull things from off of the shelf that, mm -hmm. that comes our way. So you have sort of entered into our, um, as you say, oasis. I like that word that you mm -hmm. use for your business. It is. It's an experience, mm -hmm. wellness and health, and it's a journey, um, each so different from one to another. Um, so let me ask you the question and do a little trivia. I know you'll get it right. What are the five kinds of health, Ava? Holistic. Mm. Five kinds of health. Okay, so I'm, I'm going to need clarity on that. And just for the record, Ava Laura is <laughs> <It's> Ava Laura. <laughs> Sorry, it's okay. <laughs> There are a lot of Avas out there, but there's only one Ava Laura. 
there's only one Ava Lore, and I've actually never heard that name before. You're from Houston, Texas. Are you there now? No, I'm from Connecticut. Oh, are you based out of Houston? I'm based out of uh, D.C. Hmm. <laughs> right, you're in College Park, Maryland. Mm-hmm. Well, I was so excited when I, um, when I saw that. I said, well, what do you know? You've got this right here in your backyard. So clarity, mm -hmm. the five kinds or sectors of health. So I think we're all pretty familiar with mental, mm -hmm. physical, mm -hmm. emotional, mm -hmm. spiritual. Mm -hmm. What's the fifth? Mm. I mean, that's what I would have said. I mean, the only other thing that I could probably think of is maybe more like metaphysical, but that would still fall in the spiritual realm. Um, so yeah, that though that's all of what I would have said. I'm trying to think what you missed. Um, energetic is also, I would put that in the spiritual realm. So yeah, I'm gonna say, I don't know, or maybe I know, but I don't know that I know. You know that you know. It's financial health. Oh, I didn't even see. I wouldn't even thought of financial. I mean, and it's true, but I would not have even thought of it. Because when you are so laser focused in what you do. <laughs> so I would not have even thought of finances. <laughs> well, you know what? I, the reason why I think we forget is because we put ourselves at such risk. Mm -hmm. um, for the sake of money and we don't even mm. realize that it's affecting us in a way that the two connect and they do very much so and I think we're all realizing that with the pandemic how our load of work or expectations and um, you know complying with the government and paying bills and all mm -hmm. of them mm -hmm. pull at us and mm -hmm. and I think now that we are remote and isolated and in our space and with family and um, in the season of rest, yeah, that we recognize it. Absolutely. No, I mean, I think it's always been, um, well, not I think, I know it is. Um, it's always been a driving force. And um, it's so interesting. A lot of, um, I work with a lot of people who do uh, sort of like credit counseling, um, you know, bankruptcy, different things like that, because one of the things they finally realized, much like um, a lot of the weight loss coaches um, that I work with, they realize that it's a mindset. And so while they focus more on the habits and the activities of, okay, this is how you save, this is what you do with your money, they recognize that until you really deal with the mindset, and until you deal with the money stories and your, you know, childhood experiences and how you grew up and how you view money, that it didn't matter how much they taught them if they didn't get to the root of what was going on in their mindset and in their thinking and their experiences so that they then could change their habits. So you're absolutely right. It absolutely is. Um, it is a part of health and it's very interesting. Um, in my mastermind, so the first three months of my soul healers mastermind is all about mindset. And a part of that is money mindset because our money stories impact how we run a business. And so you're absolutely right. It's a, it's a part of it. I think that we don't commonly equate it to health. 
that's where it gets mucky. We know money is important. We know that people make a lot of decisions around money, that money affects us negatively or positively, right? Depending on how we look at it, depending on how we're spending it or how we're doing it. We know that money can absolutely, or lack thereof, can certainly cause depression and all sorts of emotional and mental illnesses and things like that, um, not having enough or that lack. Um, but we don't think about how we can shift our perspective um, around money and our habits around money. What would you suggest, Ava Lowe? In terms of in terms of that shifting? Yes. Well, the first thing is, so one of the things that I do with my clients is look at their limiting beliefs. You know, what happens is we don't understand, we don't even take time, most of us, to, to look at our belief system. And like you said, this is a period of rest. This was a forced stop, right? Um, this was a beautiful, you know, with, with all its highs and lows and, and so many losses and transitions and things that we had to go through. Um, it's a beautiful moment of having to be still, right? Because when the pandemic first started, everything was canceled. You know, now things have opened back up, even though we're having some cancellations, now things have opened back up, but everything stood still. And so you really had time to reflect and look at your own life and what's working and what's not working and really be in with yourself and pay attention to yourself in a way that we don't normally do that because we're so distracted by everything that's going on. And, and so one of the things that, you know, I recognize when I'm working with my clients as adults we don't question a lot of the things that we learned over the years, right? We simply accept it. So whatever we were taught about something, we just accepted that's what it is. And when I first start working with somebody, the first thing that we have to start to look at is what are your beliefs around this thing, right? Because your beliefs shape and create your reality. And so if we're talking about money, what are your beliefs around money? What are your money stories? What are the experience that you've had? Did you grow up in a household where your parents, every time you asked for something and they told you, oh, we don't have enough money, right? Did you grow up in a household where you felt like you were always struggling or the light bill was getting cut off or you know, the electricity was getting come off? Or did you grow up in a household where you always had enough? You always had more than enough where you were quote unquote spoiled right? And so you didn't have an appreciation for money because you always had it. And so whatever that experience is, is important. Absolutely. I don't think we understood the sacrifice, Ava Lore. When I look at my mom, she was a superhero in my eyes. You know, you just grow up seeing mom or dad or auntie, uncle, grandma, just getting it done, just doing it. And they kept the spirit alive in us so that we wouldn't have to worry as children, but that didn't always prepare us for adulthood and coming into our own in Absolutely. fully understanding those sacrifices until we ourselves are put in it and then exactly. now self-reflect and begin to answer those questions that we now have um which we didn't realize before we're always there you know mm -hmm. wisdom is inside it's, it's mm -hmm. right there waiting to be um revealed to you so mm -hmm. i'm curious when you're working with clients through reiki what are some of the things that they they say um or have shared with you about their transformation um in their healing process how it um mm -hmm. has created impact yeah so many things um i love reiki so i've actually been um so like i said i've been in business 15 years so i've been 
doing Reiki probably for the last 16 years. And I've been teaching Reiki for the past maybe 11, 12 years now. And that is one of the things that I love doing is not just offering it, but introducing it to new students and new mental health practitioners. And, you know, because a lot of practitioners now are looking at, they've been doing the traditional model of mental health and I want to make it more holistic. And so they'll come to me to learn Reiki so they can add that to their practice. And I love that because now I'm being able to touch more people because I can't do Reiki for everybody. But if I can teach you, then now you can do Reiki for someone else. And so it's been a beautiful experience, one, in offering it um, to my clients who it runs the gamut. Um, and I have, if you see my website at avalora.com, you see all the testimonials and I've written a lot of blogs and things. Um, but one of, I think the commonalities is people feel very grounded. They feel very relaxed. Um, I've heard, I feel like I'm floating on a cloud. This feels like a spiritual massage. It feels like a really deep meditation, you know? So for people who have problems relaxing and getting out of their head, um, it kind of forces you into a meditative space um, that feels really relaxing, really grounded, really focused. Um, and so Reiki is, it, it can be addictive, um, particularly if you go to the right practitioner, because it gives you, again, that forced timeout period that most of us just don't take. Um, it gives you that time to just be in your body and to just relax and to receive. And that's a beautiful thing. Most of us don't, don't do that. And then for my students, it's really beautiful when we go through the attunement process and I'm teaching them about Reiki and they're practicing and they see like, wow, I have this healing in my hands. Like I have the gift to be able to touch someone's life in this way and it works. And I'm sensing and feeling their energy and when we're talking and we're discussing, I'm telling them what I felt and they felt it too. And so it's so affirming, one, their gifts, but it's very like, wow, this really works. And, you know, and I can do this and I can make an impact in this way. And so it's a very empowering thing as well. Wow. Uh, wow. And as a healer, when you are coming in contact with these energetic forces, how does it um, affect your body? So one of the things that I am very cognizant and aware of, right, is teaching energetic self-care techniques. So um, in Reiki 1, that's, is, that's a huge part of Reiki 1, is teaching self-care and energetic techniques to protect your own energy. Everybody needs this. It's not just when you're doing energy healing, but it's not something that's commonly taught. And if you are a service-based practitioner, if you're a massage therapist, if you're a counselor, you know, a therapist, if you're a teacher, right? If you're anybody in the space, a nurse, a doctor of giving and working with clients, you need to know how to protect your own energy. Because we are out here in this world, many of us are very empathic, so we feel very deeply, we take on other people's energy. And so it's important to one, be aware of that, because you can't do anything about it if you're not aware. But then two, learn how to protect your own energy so you're just not going out there or not going out there because some people will avoid certain things because they don't know how to protect their energy. You know, they just feel so open and vulnerable. And so they will avoid certain things that really are, would be a benefit to them, but they just don't know how to handle it. 
and I, and and it sounds like you're touching on medicated children, um, prescribed. I don't know conditions, um, mm. medical conditions that doctors say children can't um, cope with without um, pharmaceutical drugs. Mm-hmm. And just so many things. Um, for instance, I have a little brother who is ADHD, and it is mm-hmm. deeply, ah, it affects me so much to know that he has to rely on um, that. I think it's a lie. I think he has more potential to know his strength and come into that and not be dependent because mm-hmm. there are other effects. Um, that disrupt his um, what is it called biochemistry mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so when you mention people don't believe in themselves or they stop just at their limitations it makes me think of it makes me think of that mm. and everyone has their own personal you know somebody else could hear that and think of something totally different, like what's going on in their world. Um, And it's interesting that you bring up ADHD because um, that, you know, is really where like Reiki and meditation are amazing. Just in training or retraining your brain how to relax and how to turn down, right? So you're not so all over the place. Um, and And it really is, it's a retraining, it's a programming. Absolutely. Um, I couldn't agree with you more. I am an optimal breathologist and breathing has saved my life, Mm -hmm. um, changed my life and caused me to honor my body in a way that I would not have before had I not understood that without the breath, everything else ceased to even matter. Mm -hmm. Oxidizing the body, um, Staying hydrated, most importantly, breathing into your space is crucial. Most of us are shallow breathers. Mm-hmm. Um, it also affects our ability to process um, and sort of hone that energy that may seem wild and uncontrollable or mm-hmm. a bit confusing or disorienting. Um, the breath, it is truly centering. Um, being on a plane, for instance, um, I have to travel for work. Mm-hmm. It can be neurotic um, being around other people during a pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, some say claustrophobia, some, you know, won't even fly. Mm-hmm. Um, but just to be around that many people knowing that or not knowing um, how you may or may not contract a disease that is killing people um, mm-hmm. is, some, is something in it of itself. And then the body responding to that um, is interesting. I had to use the breath in that moment that I thought mm-hmm. I was either going to hyperventilate or my mm-hmm. breath, my body was going to shut down completely. Mm-hmm. Um, but bringing in the, the breath opened yeah. up for me the possibility too that I am okay. I am grounded. This is just a moment. And the, the revitalization of the breath mm-hmm. brings one into recollection, recollection, excuse me, of their power um, when the mind takes over. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a proponent of mindfulness and meditation, mm-hmm. also verbal affirmation here in the marketplace. We, um, as part of the podcast, um, have, for instance, work day affirmations, how to look forward to a good day at work, mm-hmm. things that you can say to affirm your day. Yeah, I always say that the important thing, I think that affirmations are an amazing tool. Um, and one of the things that I make sure that my, my clients know is that while I love affirmations and they are powerful, affirmations alone don't work. And so one of the things that you want to make sure that you're doing is not building a house on top of a quicksand. So affirmations can be powerful, but the first thing you really need to do is start to really look at those beliefs. Because if the affirmation is counter to what it is that you already really believe, um, it's not going to take root because you don't believe it. It sounds good, but you don't believe it. And so it's really looking at what are the beliefs about whatever it is that you're doing affirmations around. Let's get to the root of that. Let's clean that out. There's a discreation process for that and then replace it with the affirmation. So now we're getting to the root of it, cleaning that out, letting it all go, and then replacing with the affirmation. I love that. Make sure it's true. Make sure it's honest. Make sure it is authentic. Make sure it is yours. Yes. Absolutely. I love that. Thank you, Evelyn. You're welcome. Well, we are coming to just about the end of our time here today. Um, Ava, Laura, we are going into 2021. Did you have any news that you wanted to share before we depart? Yeah. You know, one of the things I, I do want to say, um, and I think is important as we go into 2021, right? 2020 is still here. <laughs> We're still in 2020. And I know that there has been a lot of that sort of cancel culture, right? Like, oh, let's cancel 2020. I'm ready for 2021. You know, 2020 has been like the worst year ever. And what I would say that while we are still here and we're still present with it, make sure that you really take this time to get to know yourself while we have this energy, right? While we aren't as distracted, while the world hasn't fully picked back up yet, take this time for yourself. This is the busiest period that I've ever been because so many people have been more self-reflective and realizing like, wow, I need help and I've been putting this off and I haven't created time. And so now let me do that now. And really making sure that you're learning the lessons of 2020 as we move forward into 2021. So don't write this year off. Don't write this experience off, but what can you learn? What are the lessons? How can you sit with this? How can you really work on your self-care and practice soulful self-care as I always talk about it? And how can then you bring that into 2021 to make that such an impactful year for you? I agree. Yes, yes, so much will empower in that. What are you going to do about your life? I love it. I love it. Yes, I mean, 2020, truthfully, with everything, and I and I have, I know people who have passed during COVID, so it's not like I haven't lost people, but this has been probably one of my best years. 
Um, I got opportunities this year that never, I don't know if they would have happened otherwise because there was such an increased awareness. You know, I spoke about self-care for PayPal. You know, I spoke about healing conversations around racial discrimination with some of the top organizations. You know, so the level of awareness would not have been there without everything that we're now experiencing. And so it brought about some amazing opportunities to create shift in the world because now people are ready. Now they're ready to receive it and hear it because they were forced to. And I hope that they do apply the wisdom and knowledge that you shared with them. Um, I am personally looking forward to changes um, in business ethics mm -hmm. and uh, yeah. helping us in the workplace. Mm -hmm. Yes. So. Yeah. It's you know it's, it's really interesting. So I mean, like I said, I've I've spoken to some really uh, major organizations, um, predominantly white, not a lot of diversity and having these healing conversations around race. And what's really interesting to see is how much they just don't know. It's, 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 it's not even, you know, of course, racism is a part of it. And we can talk about white fragility and white privilege, but a lot of it is they don't even know. They don't have a clue. They're just not aware. And so that awareness I, I think it was so important for them to understand how unaware they are. So now they can look for the information, right? And seek it out. Because if you don't know, you don't know. You don't know, you don't know. Absolutely. That is so right. But if you do know, are you gonna change? That's, that, that is the challenge, right? <laughs> that is always the challenge. Now you gotta act on what you know. Once you realize you don't know and you seek it, now you got to act on what you know. I agree. I personally agree. So I agree. A girlfriend of mine, she would say, oh, you look stretched. I'm like, what do you mean by that? Like God has stretched you. You have grown. Mm. When I think of growing pains and I think about the responsibility that comes with accountability to the information that you have, Mm -hmm. um, it's so amazing and that is the growth journey absolutely I love that yeah I always talk about that with my with my clients when we talk about something called paradigm shifting that in every process um, when you are embarking about changing yourself improving yourself you are going to have to shift your paradigms and with each paradigm what that means is there's going to be pain associated with that so with each growth period there is pain that stretching, there is pain and puberty, right? There is pain, but you can't become a girl into a woman without it. You can't become a boy into a man without it. And so every time you're growing and changing, there's gonna be pain associated with that, but it's temporary. Then you get to your destination and the pain dissipates and then you grow again and there's pain and, and so on and so forth. And so there's that ebb and flow. But that is what's necessary to really transform and to grow into your best self and to live your best life and all the stuff that we talk about. There is going to be that pain associated with it. And you have to know that you're going to go through that. But it's temporary. It's going to be okay. Thank you for sharing the word that you've just shared with us. Ava Laura, thank you for being here today as our guest in the B-Body Marketplace for B-Body Talks. 
We always encourage our listeners to treat, support, and invigorate their human bodies. I feel like this has been a spiritual experience for me among many. So I hope that this um, charges your crown chakra. Uh, Ava, Laura, and I are, although you can't see us, are rocking crowns <laughs> today. We've got colors and wraps and all the things that queens do. Um, to give you and send share with you this message about love and light. So thank you for joining and listening and we'll see you next time on Be Body Talk.